Welcome to This Is For The CV, Life, Liberty, and The Pursuit. This week, we talk protests, synthesizing information, the new Biden ads, grocery games, Velocipaster, and of course, Shia LaBeouf. Well, hello, Anthony. How are you? I'm great. We're open. Didn't you hear? We're open oh. for business. Texas, oh, are it's we? In, it's in the game. Uh, we're good. Crisis not in Waco, we're not. It's fine. Everything's fine. Mm. It must have been the protests. They worked. Oh, yeah. All those folks, they're going to come out to the polls and oust some folks. You didn't mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. We got to get this thing running again. <sighs> yup. It is interesting to me. (laughs) There's a lot there and we don't have all day and I don't know that we should even give it the time of day. But a couple of things that make me um, question. My assumption based on the visual I see of the folks that are predominantly out there at those um, anti-government shutdown protests. And to be clear, they're just social distancing protests because we're just asked to stay at home. Because we can still, like, get our food and go to our essential jobs. Yes. So this is not oppression. That's not what that looks like. Um, but these, I'm assuming, are the folks that have, like, stockpiles of weapons, are more likely to be preppers than maybe others, and they're the ones that are protesting their need to get a haircut and, like, go to the Golden Corral. Well, why you got to talk Golden Corral? Now, I, I'm not setting foot inside a Golden Corral because in Waco, anyway, that's like, do you want food poisoning? But, mm-hmm. you know, I... Yeah, it's not it's not a place for me either, no matter the city, but particularly here. I just... No matter the city, yeah. It's going to be a hard pass for me. I I hear what you're saying, but I think we talked about this last week. Like, if this is what... This is, this is what I have issue with. If all of us, if, if you're in a situation like me or like you, or you know, you can do your job, all, all that's happening, mm-hmm. you haven't experienced any loss in income, you're not feeling it, you, 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 you could pay your mortgage, you could pay your bills, you're, you're finding food. Like, if, if, if that's your reality, all of us have to shut up. Like we, we, don't, we don't have the right to, to speak to somebody else's pocketbook. But I hear those complaints from folks and I hear the complaints from the folks on the right as well. And they're both saying this is somebody else's problem. You know, on on the left, they're saying, oh, how dare you just stay in your house? Keep it cool. And on the right, they're saying, how dare them, the media in this place of privilege in, in their penthouse, tell you, worker who can't afford rent to go back to work. Mm-hmm. But the person on the right is recording from home. The person on the left is recording from home. They're the same person. They're the same person. Of- Rachel Maddow is worth millions of dollars. Ben Shapiro is worth millions of dollars. You guys aren't going anywhere. So the brunt of it isn't faced by you or us, to or be us. quite honest. Certainly not us. So which I feel like we should about. all shut up. Like, like what, why are we weighing in <laughs> at all? Because people we know go to those protests and then spread it to other people we know. And so we're going to care about that, I think. Now, this is typically my position on protests at all times. 
which is you protest or you critique what they're protesting about, but not the fact that they are protesting because of the First Amendment. This might be the first time that I am walking back on that a little bit because the the risk that they're putting themselves and others at isn't what they're protesting, but the fact that they are and how. So they didn't show up and do an Israel thing where they stood separately and wore masks and said, hey, we're hurting. We're losing our jobs. This is serious. You have to reopen the economy. Super sympathetic to that. They all crowded together and said, it doesn't exist. It's a hoax. And so that I think we can critique, not as individuals to individuals, but as a public concern, because that's going to undo a lot of the work collectively people have put in and collectively people who have sacrificed way more than you and I have. Because like Mm -hmm. we've said, we are incredibly privileged. We're sitting at home. We're recording a podcast. We're doing our job. We're getting our grocery pickup. We have little elves deliver it to us, right? So in terms of critiquing like who's harmed by this and those types of things and those types of choices, I agree. You and I should just zip the lid. But in terms of being concerned about how this is going to continue to harm certain groups of people disproportionately, I think that it's a fair thing to have some critique or at least some concern on. I would have liked to see some masks. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see some distance. And the fact that there wasn't in certain pockets of the protest, it just goes to show that they don't think that it's a serious thing. Right, right. Unfortunately, by the time people figure out that it's serious, it's the family of a a grieving family from their loved one who died who's now saying, hey, everybody needs to practice. I I don't know. I've read at least five accounts of somebody who poo-pooed this as a hoax, kept living their lives, and ended up dying. Mm -hmm. And then their family's coming back and saying, hey, guys, we need to really take this seriously. And and it's like, man, we could have, like, let's just take it seriously. This isn't time to make a statement. It's just time to, if you can, do what you can to stay out of harm's way. The, the, the emphasis, though, is on if, if you, you can. can. Yeah. But I hear a lot of thought leaders who can telling people who can't and people who can to get out there. Mm. And the dissonance for me is, you know, what's that George Carlin line? Uh, think about how dumb the average person is. Now understand that half the people are dumber than that. Like that, those are like the folks that can be persuaded into saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Those are the folks that are vulnerable because when you start thinking about herd immunity, I don't know what the percentages are for herd immunity, but eventually like enough people will get it to where they won't be infecting two to three people. They'll be infecting half of a person or one person. I don't know if that's 40% of the population. I don't know if that's 50% of the population. I don't know. But what I hear people saying, especially on the right is you need to get back out there, which increases herd immunity and makes it safe for me to come out of my house in September. Mm-hmm. But you guys are going to bear the brunt. It right. doesn't harm Ben Shapiro not one bit to send the masses out to work because he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's not coming. He's not doing any speeches. He recording from the house. Well, and that's what Dr. Oz came under fire for, that same rationale, because he said, I think the best thing to do would be to open schools. To be clear, when I say Dr. Oz, I mean not a Dr. Oz because he does not have a medical degree, even though he wears scrubs for some reason (laughs) because he got them on Amazon. Anyway, um, so not a Dr. Oz said schools should reopen. That's the first thing we should do. We'll only lose two to three percent. Only. Which translates into 
millions of children, millions, about 19 million, I think is the math that I saw on that one. So don't quote me on that because I didn't do the math myself, but enough that we should 100% care. And like you said, your kid wouldn't be going back to school. Absolutely not. Right. The straps are not, the straps are closed. But once again, that goes back to a can. So folks that will have to go back to work, that they won't be receiving the school lunches anymore because schools are open. You know, they have to send their kids back to, to obtain certain, certain resources they're relying on. So we're once again asking more vulnerable people to be placed at higher risk. Indeed. And the thing that's bouncing around my head more in the last week or so is, you know, just our inability to synthesize complex ideas. If we can mm. hear one piece of information, hear another piece of information, put those things in together to make new information, which is what like college is all about, which is what, <laughs> you, you know, critically thinking is all about. So it's like if people under the age of 20 are at the least amount of risk for COVID, if they get it, why are the schools closed? They're the ones who are least at risk. Well, the schools are closed, not for their benefit, but for our benefit, because we all know that as soon as school is open and in session, it means that your, your, your population is going to be exposed because those kids are going to pass it around amongst themselves, give it to their teachers, go home, and everybody's going to recirculate that. And every school will be a hot spot. Every community will be a hot spot immediately when you open the schools, which is why they're all closed. So if the schools are all closed and the population that is making up the schools is least at risk, it stands to reason that they're closing those schools for the benefit of those of us who can stay at home. And anybody who's trying to get out there and go do stuff, you need to really think like, well, the people who are least vulnerable aren't allowed to go do stuff. So why should I be doing stuff? Mm, Yeah. So is your point, I mean, I, I agree with you, is your point that we take one piece of information, like, kids are the least vulnerable. Why would we be closing the school and we're not able to synthesize that into the larger concern for public health? I'm saying that by mere understanding that kids are least vulnerable and we're closing the schools, it should give us insight into the fact that nobody wants this. Oh, and, right. And, 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 and nobody wants it to spread as fast as it will if schools are in session. Sure. Yeah. And, and, that's why it's closing. It's it it's not closing, so we're not all like I know we're all eventually gonna be exposed to this virus, but when we're exposed is gonna make a big difference. Because if we're exposed now, they're gonna test us for it and say, Okay, monitor your oxygen. And if you need more oxygen, we'll hook you up to a machine and give you oxygen. In six months, they might give you a a, a spoonful of something that'll that'll make it go better and you don't even need oxygen. But we need to give it time. Mm -hmm. But the sacrifices of the people, the literal people that are making the sacrifices of their lives to be like worked on right now Mm -hmm. for modern medicine's sake. I mean, if you don't have to be out, why do it? Why why put yourself in a position where they're experimenting on what to do if and when you get it? Going back to your original point, which was sort of those of us who can should and then we should just kind of shut up about it. I do think it goes back to the fact that we need to personify this because it's just a virus. So we need enemies. We need to believe that it's all made up or it's overblown and it's a way to get like political control from us as citizens. That's a group of people are adhering to that 
we also need to believe that there are just tons of people out there who don't give a crap, who are, are so neglectful in terms of compassion and thinking for others that they're intentionally being um, negligent. So when we see people outside, we automatically assume that's who they are. Not that they're a required worker. What if they're a healthcare worker, right? We just, we jump to those things because then we can blame those guys. We can blame them because that helps us control at least what we think about this and personify a virus by blaming someone for it. Got to blame someone for why it's this bad. Yeah. Sadly, I mean, it's the mark of an individualistic country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we absolutely see that here. we're, We're not at all interested in in saving face as a collective we're 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 interested in in blaming and saying hey you're you're the reason why I'm going through what I'm going through and if i have to come down on one side or the other i lean toward the the Rachel Maddow side of things simply because at least at the front end of her show she's given that forum over to the to the doctors and nurses who are actually in the hospitals and coming into contact with this every day and so it's like, I'm not telling you it's a hoax. I'm not telling you that it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm letting these people tell their stories. And they're telling a horror show. Mm-hmm. And the horror show is a traveling horror show. And it's going to make a stop in all of our communities at some point. Right. I do have a, a great deal of concern over political commentators, regardless of their political leanings stating medical expertise, just Mm. stating things as though they have the information when they absolutely don't. And they don't cite sources. Um, So I do appreciate her letting medical experts, doctors that are doctors, speak. And then you have like Rush Limbaugh, who every every week it's some new thing that'll he and he speaks in such absolutes like this will kill the virus. Well, you know, Rush loves his pharmacology, though. Rush loves him some pharmacology. Is he a pharmacist, though? So well, no, I don't he's care. just an opioid head. You know, I'm just <laughs> like, like if, if, if it came in a pill, he took it. Yeah. Uh, that don't uh, make you a doctor. <laughs> one of our colleagues, she burned her corneas because she cleaned the mask the way she was told to. But it wasn't from um, not the way the CDC told her to. So she like sprayed it down with Lysol. And then the next day she put it on. And the it burned her cornea. So she went to the doctor and she's been getting treatments and her vision's impaired by it. No. Um, yeah. So since then, she's been pretty adamant on Facebook about the two places you should get your information from, WHO and CDC. She's like, just shut the rest of it down. Just don't pay mind to it. And she said that this week when she was at the doctor to get a checkup, he said somebody drank bleach Ooh. because they saw online that it would kill COVID. Oh, my gosh. And so, you know, ended up in the emergency room. So, I mean, what we say really does have, not we, you and me, people (laughs) are listening to us, but people with those platforms, what they say really does have an impact. And I just wish that they were more more careful. I don't really care who they're telling us to vote for and what, you know, political opinion they want to shoot at us. But keep it about politics. Stay in your lane. Stop telling us what works and what doesn't when no one knows. There is no answer right now. So stop. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we've never talked about, like, where we get our news from, but, like, I know oh, you don't, yeah. you're not a fan of, of cable news, Mm-mm. and I'm, I'm more of a fan of cable news than you are, but I've pared down considerably, like, where I'm willing to get my information, 
And so but really, you like it from like a calm professor rhetoric, framing, all of that. Yes. You have an intellectual curiosity about it. That's not necessarily where you get your air quotes truth from. Well, the smartest people on either side, in my mm-hmm. opinion, the smartest people on either side are Rachel Maddow and Ben Shapiro. And it's and, and and it's not even it's not even up for debate. Rachel Maddow is a stone cold Rhodes scholar. She her she's Doctor Maddow, okay? Like she's she's no joke. Ben Shapiro is a Harvard educated lawyer. Like these are these are incredibly smart people coming at issues framed in their own ways. And so I'm like somewhere between the two of y'all, I'm gonna get a, a measure of the truth. So I'm gonna listen, you know, because I respect where you guys were educated, and I respect how you're able to synthesize information and create new information. Mm. I I enjoy. Shows like that, like I watch John Oliver, but that's not news, right? It, sure, it he's an entertainer, and he's funny. He's an entertainer, and he's the first one to say so, and he's funny. It's informative, though. Mm-hmm. But if that was the only place I was getting my news from, that I think that would be really problematic. Yeah, and he's once a week. Exactly. Yeah, he's once a week. And it's framed in his own narrative, and I tend to agree with it more often than not, but that doesn't mean that that's a good place for me to be getting my news from. That just means I have confirmation bias that makes me nice and calm and soothed and I don't have to challenge any of my beliefs or come up against something that might conflict with um, something that I believe or not be at least convenient. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That to say, if you're going to watch any of those, it's cool that you watch both. I don't I don't have it in me, but I don't watch either of them. I don't watch right. a lot of political commentary because I, I don't find it all that beneficial to me and it just kind of sends me into a spiral so yeah you know sprinkle in some 538 sprinkle in some npr yeah you know uh, but but you should be pulling from a a cross section of information Mm -hmm. everybody should we all should Mm -hmm. hell sprinkle in some al jazeera if you want if you want that other you know that 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 worldview right like i like al jazeera i like bbc Mm mm-hmm because they are, they remind us that there are other countries yes, in this world. Exactly. <laughs> and people live in those countries. <laughs> exactly. Too. Yes. And they have lives of value. Yes. <laughs> and political problems too. I'm like, oh, who oh, knew? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, something not COVID related. Just what did you do this weekend? How are you? <laughs> we Ooh, just jumped what, right in. We did. What did I do over the weekend? Uh, I attended church virtually. We've been doing that for like a month. How do you like that? Um, you know, the hiccups are less and less. Uh, the bandwidth, I assume, has been increased. And it's better than nothing. Yeah. You know? It's mm-hmm. it's it's good to see the faces that you can see. And, you know, it's good to stay in in, in the framework of of Sundays being for for that and for, you know, being about the Lord. And so I I'm glad that we're able. It's harder for my kids because they're like, I'm not in a church pew. I'm in the living room, so I can I can still wild out. So that mm. part is a little more difficult. I'm like, okay, it'll be good for them to get back to that frame, but you know, it's it's better than nothing. Uh, you know, a little TV. Been trying to watch some movies. Um, mm-hmm. Watched a great movie over the weekend called Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, oh that my is a great word. Movie. Yep. Oh my word, really you've good. seen it. Oh, mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf throwing 100 miles an hour. Dakota Johnson, 150 miles an hour she's throwing. Like, they're, they're going for it. It's good. Love that movie. Yeah, it's also just a feel-good movie without mm-hmm. it being over the top in ter- terms of, like, being cloying or Disney-esque. It's just, it's a sweet story. I liked it. No, it's great. It's great. 
Yeah, little Jake the Snake Roberts, little Mick Foley, little Mankind in there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a good flick. I'm I'm glad you've seen it. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, liked I didn't it a doubt lot. that you might have saw it. Yeah, yeah, I like Shia LaBeouf a lot, and I I don't like the the way Hollywood turned on him so quickly. I don't think he's as problematic as a lot of people. Like he doesn't he doesn't beat women, which we forgive immediately as long as you know you sing pretty or act well. He got into a car accident, messed up his hand. People made a bunch of fun of him, and then he kind of spiraled in his mental health. Also, he was a kid star, and his you know his parents used him to make money. That impacts your mental health, as we've seen for all Disney and Nickelodeon stars. So the way in which the world has been so cruel to him has always made me feel a little bit protective of him in a strange way. Like I, I'm, I'm always rooting for him. I want him to do well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's I a good guy. I, I... I, I frame it this way. For those of you who are familiar with California, and for those of you who ain't, Shia LaBeouf is from Echo Park. Look up where Echo Park is, think about what Shia LaBeouf looks like, and understand what his life was and how he had to overcome that madness, and you'll understand him a heck of a lot more than you mm. do right now. Because Echo Park is no joke, and if you're from Echo Park, you're no joke, and to survive yeah. in Echo Park looking like Shia LaBeouf, that, that's a win. And, and he's going to have that edge until he dies, because you can't. You can't grow up there, live there, and come out any other way. So I'm happy for him, and I'm thankful that he made it out in his own way, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a phenomenal actor. Have you seen the movie where he plays his own father? I have not. That's great. Came out this past year as well. So there was awards buzz around both that film and Peanut Butter Falcon, and then it was snubbed in all of the things. So What? Man, do you know how I feel about these award shows? I do. J-Lo was robbed, but <laughs> I digress. Hey, at least Parasite took all of the things in terms it's, of it's the Oscars. Yeah. That was that was some saving grace because of incredibly amazing film. That was an achievement in all these areas. It won awards, so that helped. Yeah, I didn't understand all that hoopla until you actually see the movie, and you're like, oh, what a film. <laughs> what a Ooh, film. What a film. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay. We finished season four of The Wire last night. Oh. Oh. Yeah, the one in the schools. Oh, that's a brutal season. It is. It is. It got me several times. Poor Bubs. Oh, Bubbles, man. That was rough. Heroin's rough. Heroin's rough. Yeah, I think that's a takeaway for sure. I also just, the writing consistently so good and how they take me from thinking Presbalewski is the absolute all-time worst <laughs> right. to, to legitimately finding value in him. They're so good at that. Whenever you have a villain, you know, just wait a second because you're going to like them. You're going to at least find compassion for them and see them as a human. There are no heroes and villains in the show, and I just, ugh. Well, except maybe people putting bodies in, uh, what, the empty rows with nail guns. <laughs> Those might be our villains. <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, character development beyond we enjoy killing people with, from those two. Not a lot of nuance in Marlo's crew. Not mm-hmm. not they're 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 full speed ahead, but they're young in the game and and they're trying to they're trying to be Barksdales. You know, like they don't have time to to think through. 40 steps ahead they're trying to make it through thursday you know right right. it's like how do i make it through thursday well i got to put this body in it and and and, but yeah you're right that show does a great job of just humanizing folks and making us remember that nobody's just one thing 
Like, I'm sure you don't want to be distilled to the worst thing you ever did. Ooh, and I dang I sure, sure don't, don't want to be. I surely do And not. I'm thankful it's not stapled to our forehead. But for some people in our population, our society, it's stapled it to their forehead. This is the worst thing you ever did, and we know about it. And not only is it, do they have to wear like a scarlet letter, the language we use defines them as that thing. Mm-hmm. Murderer, mm-hmm. rapist, yep. drug dealer, mm-hmm. inmate, convict, felon, yep. Yep. whatever it is. Look yeah. at you. This is why we're friends, amongst other reasons, but yeah. Person first language is a thing. Mm -hmm. And not just for um, crime and criminal convictions and all things, right? We're not homeless. We're not a homeless, right? (laughs) What is that? You're a human that doesn't have a home. Right. (laughs) You know? So, yeah, we do in in a lot of things, but usually when it's negative, not so much when it's positive, I've Mm -hmm. noticed. Because we're not like, oh, look at that mentally healthy man. Right. It's like, what should we call them? How about we start with their name? Right. Right. Start with their name. That's a good place to start. (laughs) Why don't you ask them? (laughs) I know. But we like to, speaking of synthesizing, we like to categorize because it helps us. I mean, to be fair, our brain wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to make it out the house if we weren't just profiling people. If Mm -hmm. I had to know everybody's life story before I could take another step. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make it, you know, you wouldn't make it anywhere. So we're just like, oh, blonde, black person. I used to date somebody that looked like that. Oh, I used to smell that f- smell. And we just follow them away, follow them away, follow them away. Mm. But, you know, that's just how our brain works. Yeah. We have to overcome that mechanism in our brain and see right. people for, you know, the individuals right. that they are. This is something I've had a conversation with my sister about. And I don't know if you'll relate to this because I know you have a religious background and you're, you also are a man of faith, you go to church. Um, but because I was raised more evangelical, we were taught to trust our gut feelings as though they were like instincts from God. So we were sensing something. And it took me forever to have this light bulb of if you use that, you can always confirm your own bias and you never have to push back against, oh, I felt afraid when I saw that person. Now, why did I do that? Oh, that's something about my socialization. I need to think about that. I need to work on that. Yeah. Because we all have those things, right? Where we stereotype and profile and and have those areas of ignorance. But if you can say, ooh, God was letting me know that that person was dangerous. Because you can like trust those feelings in in yourself. You never have to, to grow from that. And I think that there are a million things that keep us from growth. But just from my own background. I think that keeps folks that are like me or that were raised like me from that growth and from doing that self-work. You said a lot. I know. I just said a lot. You said a lot. (laughs) Just threw a lot at you. uh, Let me ask you a question in 27 parts. Respond. (laughs) I'll I'll just, I'll say, I'll I'll say this. Um, My life has gotten a lot less complicated with this mantra. I do not compare myself well, first, first, top line level, I do not believe that individual people are good. I believe that if left to our own devices, we'll have the book of Eli out here. And so morality comes from a certain standard. And that standard is not you. That standard is not me. That standard is Jesus. So if Jesus is the standard, how did he live? How did he walk? How did he do his thing? Okay, I'm super duper flawed in relation to Jesus. And that helps me not be so judgmental to other people because I'm much closer to whatever I'm looking at and trying to judge than I'll ever be 
to G, you know, you, you start looking at the accounts of G, Jesus is healing people, saving people, chilling with prostitutes, chilling with tax collectors, chilling with people, the undesirables of the world, saving people while people are killing him, like all, all types. And it's just like, whoa, that's the standard. Okay. If that's the standard, then I need to let a whole lot of stuff go. Hmm. One of these days, my brain just popcorned the entire time you were talking because you also just said a lot. One of these days, we should have a deeper conversation on here about religion versus faith in terms of how we both reconcile the way religion is often used to oppress people versus the faith we still hold. Let's and do how it. how we kind of dance around that. But that feels, that feels like a long one. That's a so whole episode. Know. Exactly, exactly. Episode. So just we need like to give people a heads up, you know, we need to just call like it a, put a pin in it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> put a pin right. in it. But that's what made me think that we should do that based on what you just said. Okay, keeping a light. Other things this weekend. Ben and I played grocery games. <laughs> grocery games. Yeah, we uh, games. may have been getting a touch of the cabin fever. <laughs> Might oh, be getting God. to us just a bit. All right. And we had our grocery order for pickup. Scheduled for Sunday, which we've been, you know, anticipating for a bit. Mm-hmm. And you know how you can add four items on? Yep. We they just raised it to 10. They, we found that out <laughs> four steps into grocery games, and it was a game changer. Mercy. <laughs> so Friday night, we decided, and this was Ben's idea, that we should play games, and whoever wins gets to pick the item, the substitution item. Oh. So we needed okay. a whole thing. So we played Mario Kart in a battle. I, I won. Let's be real. Were you were you the toad? Because the toad's the illest one on Mario Kart. See, I know a lot of people hold that to be true. I prefer Yoshi. Oh, you like Yoshi? I am a Yoshi person. Yeah. Okay, I'm rocking Toad or Bowser, yeah. one of them. But yeah. oh well, I get that. In a battle, a uh, big guy is a smart choice, and then in the Grand Prix, you want one of the small ones. Mm. Uh, I think in 64, which is what we were playing this on, Nintendo 64. There's the, that's to- the only thing to play it on. I don't yeah, care. I know. There's I don't... nothing else to play it on. That's yeah. It. I'm embarrassed. I don't know why I qualified. <laughs> I I feel silly. No, I mean there's other stuff to play it on, but no, that's but, the no, definitive I... version. Exactly. Exactly. Toad makes that annoying Wah! noise. Yeah. And I don't like his little cry. Okay. And then Peach annoys me because she's like, oh, Peachy. I just so feel like when sounds. I get a red shell with Toad, I'm lethal. Like, I don't yeah, know why. I just feel flying. like I can maneuver you're and it's flying. like, yeah, you're going down. <laughs> Basically, the internet agrees with you. So I'm sure I'd probably do better with Toad. But I don't know. I've just always been partially Yoshi. So. Right on. At one point in my childhood, though, I... I want it to be good with all of them. So I practice with all of them. So I'm like an equal opportunist. All this tells me is that I can't play against you because I'm going to get embarrassed. You're going to <laughs> I don't know. We were pretty bad. It had been a long time <laughs> and we weren't very good. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so we, we played a battle. We played poker. We did hold them. We played chess. We played Uno. Um, gosh, what else? Paper, rock, scissors was the last one because by then we were like, okay, this needs to be done. We played Scrabble. I mean, so we wait, did... wait, wait. So each item had its own game associated with Correct. it. Correct. Wow. Okay. So we thought we would be doing four. And then I looked it up. I was like, Ben, there are 10 now. <laughs> game changer, literally. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we, we called it. We stayed up till 2.30 on Friday. And then Saturday night around 10, we started again because we had to mm-hmm. submit our items. Yeah. So that was fun. That was a good time. In between that, we watched the cinematic event 
of the year. Oh. In the form of a, <laughs> of a film called Velasa Pastor. I have no idea what that is. It is. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you didn't ask. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, though. Whew. Okay. <clears throat> he gets scratched or bitten on the hand, our main character. I, I don't remember. The plot's not important. And he becomes a Velocipastor. So he's a man of the cloth. He's a priest. What? And he turned, at nighttime now, he turns into a dinosaur and kills people. And it is as bad. No, it's not as bad as you think because it's so much worse. So we thought we were getting into that, like this hilarious thing that we'll like take some drinks to. We were on a Zoom call with our friends from New York and Sydney and Jacob, and we all had like our subtitles on and we synced it up. So we were cracking up about it. But <laughs> when it began, there was supposed to be a car explosion and like his loved ones died in it. But he just goes <gasps> and has this reaction and cries. And then they span to the car and with writing over it that says car explosion. <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> they didn't even like set a Hot Wheels on fire. <laughs> Dang. So that's the level of quality. It's like if we decided we were going to make a film tomorrow and then we just did it. Okay. So it's hilarious. I can't say that I'm going to watch that. Highly recommend. <laughs> if you need to laugh though, it is so uh- funny. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a film. <laughs> Ooh, maybe ever. It is absurd. It's also a bit on the risque side because he, being a priest, of course, has sex with a woman consistently throughout the film. So Being a priest. Yeah. Although that's really the least of his issues, the fact that he's sleeping with a woman while being a priest. It's the whole killing people as a dinosaur at night thing that's getting him. Thus the Velasa. Mm-hmm. The Velasa. And they call it Pastor because, you know, Velociraptor. But... Because Velasa Priest doesn't have the same ring mm, to it. Mm, mm. No, I, I'm sure there were meetings. I'm sure there were meetings about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like no, there, the was a, you know, there was a flow chart. Which way are we going, guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm, Priest or pastor? Mm-hmm. Ooh. All right. That was pretty much our weekend, though. Right on. And then that rolls us right into the current week. Did you know, uh, I'm sure you do since you're a political science professor, did you know we're in election season? We have shifted. What? I didn't know who was going to go first. But it seems like things are shifting from public health to let's let me go get these votes. Ah, yes. The claws have come out. Yeah. Uh, I'm so just whelmed by it all. But let's talk about it. You know, let's do it. I want to talk about it, but I want to talk about it inside of a couple frames. And I need I need to play you these ads. I need to play you these Joe Biden ads. So Are you Well, I'll just hear them because other people will hear them. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to play them. Full disclosure, you text me these and I said I'm going to wait. Right, I did text you these and I was because like we got to talk about this. This is wild. An honest reaction. Yes. Okay, first one. Here it comes. He failed to act. So now Trump and his allies are launching negative attacks against Joe Biden to hide the truth. Here are the facts. Joe Biden warned the nation in January that Trump had left us unprepared for a pandemic. Then, 
Biden told Trump he should insist on having American health experts on the ground in China. I would be on the phone with China and making it clear. We are going to need to be in your country. You have to be open. You have to be clear. We have to know what's going on. But Trump rolled over for the Chinese. He took their word for it. The president tweeted, China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. China, I spoke with President Xi, and they're working very, very hard, and I think it's going to all work out fine. Trump praised the Chinese 15 times in January and February as the coronavirus spread across the world. It's a tough situation. I think they're doing a very good job. Are you concerned about the impact on the global economy? I think that China will do a very good job. Trump never got a CDC team on the ground in China. And the travel ban he brags about? Trump let in 40,000 travelers from China into America after he signed it. Not exactly airtight. Look around. 22 million Americans are out of work. And we have more officially reported cases and deaths than any other country. Donald Trump left this country unprepared and unprotected for the worst public health and economic crisis in our lifetime. And now we're paying the price. All the negative ads in the world can't change the truth. That ad clocked at a minute 43. It's the longest ad ever. It is. I mean, I don't know ad. if it is or not, but it's long. Uh, okay, so he's a Republican and he's just going to be an international hawk and like in China's our enemy. Got it. Cool. Oh, come on, Biden. Well, okay. <laughs> I got some. Oh, Lord. I don't even know where to begin here. Okay. My first thought is. All those people who were pissed at Bernie Sanders for endorsing so quickly, he was never going to be progressive. It doesn't seem like he's going to listen anyway. So that's a, beside the point. What's this with calling it the Chinese throughout? That's one of the first things I noticed. He Trump praised the Chinese. We don't say the Mexicans when we're talking about Mexico's government. We don't say the Canada when we're talking about Canada's government, Canada's, Canada's government, <laughs> we, the Canada. We talk about the individual leader or we say like the People's Republic of China. So that maybe I'm being overly sensitive, but no, that you're was doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. No, no, that's akin good. to a dog whistle to me mm. to be like, hey, wink, wink, nod, nod, middle America. That's more conservative. I hate the Chinese, too, but I'm not going to say it. But I'm going to let you know that this is China's fault. And if you think it's a man-made virus and a conspiracy from China, I'm not going to confront that in this. I'm just going to let both of those thoughts align and stay while I tell you that this is all the Chinese fault. And it just, it goes back to we need an enemy. It's a virus. So let's make it the Chinese. And I guess my biggest issue with it is twofold. One, he's allowing Trump to frame his critique, which is weak and unwise, because Trump's been attacking Biden's record on China for the last couple of weeks, and this was his response. Mm -hmm. And so, and so they're having the same conversation, and they're playing a similar game because they're they're talking in the same lane. Why even give him that? Don't know. Don't accept that framing. And two, he wants to be president for the entire country. How many Asian people live in this country? And you already know because of the rhetoric around this, calling it the Wuhan virus, that Asian people are experiencing hate crimes at 
with exponential growth. And so be careful with how you frame a message that you know millions of people are going to see. Don't give people bullets to put in that gun, right? And so I just think that's negligence and I don't like it. And finally, where did the majority of cases come from in terms of uh, those that got infected in the United States? From us, from each other? Well, yes, but they arrived on our shores, so to speak, from Europe. The vast majority of them have been able to be tracked to European countries that we traveled to and came back, um, not China. And so it just, it feeds into a false narrative. Now, it can't be ignored that the virus originated in China. That's true. But in terms of how it got here, it's via European countries, and we're not talking about that. Anywho, those are my initial thoughts on that. I clearly didn't have a response. <laughs> no, you had plenty of a response. Sorry, I uh, ranted. What you do know, you think? What were your takeaways? I mean, I ain't no big fan. I ain't no big fan of China in this at all. I'm like, I'm 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 not I'm not here to sing. No praises about China. They 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 was over there locking up people that was trying to tell the world about the the the, the virus back in the day, and. They've been wholly uh, secretive in terms of their numbers and their knowledge about what's going on. And so we're going to have to deal with them on another day. I don't think we need to take a xenophobic view of them and try mm-hmm. to you know, castigate a whole nation of individuals based on a regime that is mm-hmm. led by one family and has been led by one family. Like I, I, I hold that family responsible because that's how it goes down in communist countries like there's 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 the regime and they're controlled by this yeah, this section I agree with you completely. but they yeah. ain't got nothing to do with the people there the people there are just they're 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 screwed like everybody else mm-hmm. yeah, i completely agree with you you basically you articulated my point much more succinctly well you know that's the calm major in me but i, I wanted <laughs> I, like, I, I wanted the, <laughs> i wanted the full I, and, and and i'm like we need to play this next one which is more Okay. This next one is more along the lines of a traditional ad. Okay. Interested. Okay, let's hear it. All right, here we go. The buck stops here. Harry Truman said it. It means no excuses. It means taking responsibility, the ultimate responsibility, for the biggest decisions in the world. Every great president has lived up to it. But Donald Trump... Yeah, no, I don't take responsibility at all. First of all, the governors are supposed to be doing a lot of this work, and they... We're a backup. We're not an ordering clerk. We're a backup. Donald Trump thought the job was about tweets and rallies and big parades. He never thought he'd have to protect nearly 330 million Americans. So, he didn't. That's a good one. That ad is savage. Mm-hmm. That That's is good. savagery. They have different demographics in mind with both of them, you can tell. Um, but that speaks to a broader audience, I think. And I don't find it problematic. But again, that probably is because it aligns with my frame already. And so I was critical of the Chinese framing. But I'm not going to be critical of the buck stops with the president and you have to take responsibility. And I think that plays better because... Biden's saying the ultimate responsibility is with the president, which is the office he's running for. So I just think that, yeah, that plays better for sure. And showing how he's blamed governors, that's smart. Yeah. Or at least put put the responsibility in the hands of the governor. Hey, they should be doing Mm -hmm. this, not me. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, speaking th- of synthesizing information, that's a quality ad right there. That is a quality ad. Uh, the way you spoke about the last one, you know, I I didn't really pick up on the 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 dog whistle aspect. I'm glad we talked about it because I hadn't it, that that one kind of missed me. Um, I looked well, at and it and I said, might be being hyper vigilant about it or hypersensitive about it, um, just because I've I've I know people who have like Asian friends that have been impacted by the xenophobic aspects of this, so I might be seeing it where I I do believe it, it exists, but that might not have even re- been the intention behind it. So I I put that out there knowingly. No, I mean you articulate a point to where it's like well. If you want to see it like if it's there it's there i just looked at it or i listened to it and i'm like huh we we had a lot of we we watched what went on across the pond and now we're leading the league i don't really much look at the 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 case rate because you know mm-hmm. you can't be sure on the case rate i only look at the death number and we're leading we're leading the world in the death number and we had the longest amount of time to prepare. And so it's like, man, this didn't sneak up on anybody. And it's still hitting us the hardest. And so it's like, well, why? Why is it hitting us the hardest? That second ad, though, man. Mm-hmm. Articulates an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Well, You don't get to be president and claim zero responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I thought the line about... Um, President Trump thought that this was about, what was it, campaign rallies and... Yeah, rallies and tweets. You know, the pageantry of it. Not that he would have to protect 300 million people. Mm -hmm. I I think the language was smart there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Because that is the rub, right? Running for office is wildly different from governing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Right? And I think most people get that. And Trump started having rallies again. Months after he became president, because the, the, he yes. likes them. Yes, he's been he's he's really always been running more than ever governing. Yeah, he, I I definitely think he needs that call and response. He needs the adulation because mm-hmm. he's not going to get it. He's not getting it from the media. He's not getting it from yeah. not from all swaths of the media. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's disingenuous on the media's part. I like I believe I believe that there's been positive things the president has done that'll never come to light in any segment of certain facets of news just because it's like nah nah we don't like it and we don't like him and right now it's like okay this it seems like the election is going to be a referendum on where we are with relation to COVID-19 and if we're back at it and and Mm -hmm. things are getting back to normal why stop a moving train but if we're still locked up and if people are still scared well we need to change course and Mm -hmm. if it's a referendum on that I mean the stakes couldn't be higher Politically. Right. And if the concerns are, what if we have a resurgence in the fall and winter, then that's going to be happening right around the time that we vote. Oh, I definitely think there'll be a resurgence. You can't. You, you it, All projections suggest mm-hmm. that. I mean, we can't know for sure, but they they suspect highly. So if that's happening, I think that only hurts Trump. Yes. And so I think I think they want the resurgence to happen sooner 
right? Like they want it, like, let's get them out there. Let's have the resurgence. And then maybe we'll have things calm down more oh, that's interesting. by the fall. Because if we wait until the end of the summer and then mm-hmm. people are coming out of their homes and now we're having this new wave hit right as we're voting. Oh, people go take that out at the polls. I think that's astute for sure. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Yeah, so we're into it. It's happening. We're we're back to elections. We weren't talking about them for a while. No, nah, it's only understandably. April 22nd. I mean, understandably, but April 22nd, it's back mm-hmm. to business in a lot of ways. This has been This is for the CV. Thanks for listening, Mom. The music composed for this podcast is performed by Lisa Black. Thanks, man.